0: Hello and welcome to the GameWare Express 2023 Game of the Year show. My name is Adam Arinder and I am so excited. We have the entire cast of GameWare Express here tonight and we are counting down our favorite games of 2023. Neil Bonham, yep. John Michael Carley, Hello. Renee Martin, Interesting order. Stephen Martin, Hello. It's alphabetical. <gasps> it's all uh, it's the fairest no. order. I choice. thought you were drawing a pentagram across <laughs> your table. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of exciting games to look forward to in 2024. But before we can do that, let's count down and celebrate our favorite games from last year. Oh, fine. Not only will we be counting down our top five games individually, we also have some other fun categories um, to celebrate some other games from this year, as well as submissions from you, the listener. Thank you for everyone who wrote in, yeah, either sent in an audio clip, or you'll get to hear Renee's lovely voice later this show. Well, oh, that's me reading your top games, <laughs> but. We're going to start. See, I brought the intro in alphabetically, but now we're going to go to my left and go clockwise. So we're going to start tonight with John Michael Carley counting down his five through two. And we'll save our game of the years for for later. So let's start with the the rest of your list, five through two.
1: All right. We're jumping right into it, huh? All right. So I feel and I'm sure everyone at the table can agree that. Number five is probably the hardest one on the list. Yes. Am I right? Like it's yes,
2: absolutely. Because
1: we probably all had like a list of like 10 or so games, and it's like, which one makes the cut for this episode? Uh, so this one was pretty tough, and this one took me a while. But I decided to go for number five, uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Uh I, Never you, heard of it. Yeah, me either until this podcast, so it's going in blind. Uh, no, I, I had a lot of fun with this one versus Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild for me was fine, uh, but it didn't feel like a Zelda game to me. Uh, this one kind of fixes that in a lot of ways. We're still not back into like the, the heart of a Zelda game, I feel like. It's just not up there with like my favorite Zelda games of all time, but I did really enjoy myself with this one. Uh, a lot of big improvements, um, a lot of uh, just that that sense of adventure is still there, which I really appreciate in this game.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, also, I, I had a really good time. i I took this on vacation earlier this year, and I have a really great memory of just me and my wife and my dad all sitting around <laughs> in a hotel room, and we should probably do vacation things, but we were just in a hotel room, all playing uh, you know Tears of the Kingdom. All in different areas, all figuring out new different things at the same time and talking about them. Nice. And I like a game that can do that, uh, bring that sense of community and togetherness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's number five on my list. Uh, number four, appropriately enough, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Okay. It's uh, like it was built <laughs> for that spot. Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think uh, this was a game that I know a lot of people were looking forward to, and I think it nailed it.
4: Forward? Forward oh. it
1: to. Forward. I think it nailed everything it set out to do. Uh, right, So this is already a game that had you know, uh, a lot of cult following, uh, big following behind it. Uh, and I think it improved on a <laughs> Steven's giving me a cult look
4: because he's part of the cult. I was just uh, thinking cult following. I mean, this yeah. game's all about cult following. It is. I know. It's, all, it all
1: lines up. Yeah, I, I've set up a lot of parallels in my discussion here. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, this game uh, nails everything it sets out to do. Uh, the original's great. This is also equally great. Uh, you know, a lot of these updates work fantastic. Uh, it looks great, it plays great. Um, I don't know who doesn't love Resident Evil 4 in the first place. This is just more of that. Uh, number three. Uh, now here's where it gets a little mixed up. You would think that would be something with three in the name, (laughs) but no, it's something with two in the name because it's Spider-Man 2. Ooh, okay. Spider-Man 2, uh... What a fun game, right? I think we all got to enjoy it at the table, except for Neil. Neil shaking
4: his head, no, no, well,
5: not yet. I played two Spider-Man games.
1: Close enough uh, <laughs> this year. But. It's basically the equivalent because that's what this game is. <laughs> it's two Spider-Man games in one.
3: Uh,
1: yeah, this game is just—I don't know. Like this goes back to just being making games fun to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just what this game is. It's just a fun
0: game to play. You get lost for hours, just, I'm going to swing around the city. Yeah, I'm yeah, Spider-Man. No exactly. missions, no whatever, just swinging. I
4: did. I, I first, never got lost.
0: No. Well, there's you a could map.
4: Just, so. you could just point to the map where you want to be. <laughs>
0: yeah, I wasn't lost. You're like, like, I'm there. I had to go instantly.
1: get groceries and like get stuck somewhere. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's fun. Uh, you get to punch and kick people as Spider-Man. Who doesn't want that? You can swing around. Uh,
5: um, electro.
1: Well, even him. Like, if, if you were Electro and you were given the option to be Spider-Man, <laughs> I think you'd still take that option. Right? I'm sure that's a, not, a comic coming not, very know.
0: soon. Electro. I'm writing it, actually. So. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, uh, fun game. A uh, blast to play. Spider-Man 2, uh, taking number uh, three on my list. That's bringing me up to my number two game of the year, just behind my number one game of the year. This game, I uh, again, is a blast to play. I can't remember the last time in my adult life I stayed up till like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning just playing a game uh, <laughs> because I couldn't stop playing it because I need to go do the next thing or see what's around the next corner or just do uh, I, anything in this game. Uh, and that's Baldur's Gate 3. Hell yeah. Uh, so this game uh, has so much praise about it this year. It deserves... Every bit of it. Um, uh, there's just there's so much to do. It's this game is a dream for anyone who's grown up playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, uh, there's you know I, again we could dedicate probably two podcasts worth <laughs> just talking about this game. Yeah, digging in uh, really deep because there's be so day. much. It's too much to really discuss in my like you know very small short amount of time that we have on this podcast. Uh, but this game has. At all, I don't know. It has so much to, to dig into. Uh, there's a ton there, uh, and I'll, so much to unpack. Uh, so you'd
0: almost have to have like, if you want to do a spoiler cast for Baldur's Gate, you need to do three, like Act One, honestly, do yes. It. <laughs> act Two, here's one, and then Act Three. You know, that's like, very
1: true because you know they all kind of stand on their own in a lot of
0: ways. And there's so many different yeah. variations of the same. You yeah, know, t- you know,
1: like, again, I, you know, everyone at this table could play the same campaign and go about it and see different results based on the choices they've made and the character Mm -hmm. they've rolled so um it's just refreshing to see a video game like that um obviously we've seen iterations of that in the past but nothing to this caliber where like so many minute things can like affect the game on this level Mm -hmm. well
5: i also think too just from a industry standpoint like Larian coming out and putting a CRPG this yes. big on the map, yeah, you know, in yeah. front of players when it normally would have been a very niche thing.
1: Yes, and very much listening to player feedback as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, incorporating that and, in, you know, just putting that front and center. Um, this game is just a joy to play.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, yeah, that one takes my number two spot.
0: We'll save that number one game of the yeah, year for later this show, one. but do you want to do a quick rundown of your five through two one more time? Of
1: course. So, uh, at number five. Uh, <laughs> five through two one more time. <laughs> that was a lot of numbers. It's a math-heavy episode, everyone.
4: <laughs> Luckily, it's third-grade math. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's not hard math. just the first couple numbers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm still trying to n- nail those down. So, Number five, uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Number four, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Number three is Spider-Man 2. (laughs) (laughs) And number two is Baldur's Gate 3. So I guess we'll circle back around, find out what my game of the year is.
0: We sure will. And before we move into Neil's list, let's start with our first, uh, I guess, category for Retro Game of the Year. Uh, you know us at GameWare. we don't only just play the new games we also love playing our old games as well so this category is your favorite game that you played this year that did not come out this year it's called retro game of the year but it could have come out last year could have come out 30 years ago you know the time frame isn't important just your favorite game that you yeah. played uh this year um I guess we'll stick with the same order. So, John Michael, you get to go again.
1: Yeah. So, again, (laughs) not that retro of a game, uh, but it was a game that did come out last year, but it was probably the game that didn't come out this year that I played the most of this year, uh, which is Power Wash Simulator. (laughs) I (laughs) I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, but there's just something about this game. I have it on my Steam Deck where I can just sit down, turn my brain off, and clean a car
4: or a house or something. Joe Michael, you can come over to my house (laughs) and And you can do that stuff all day. Only
1: if I can simulate it. No, I'll just come over to your house and play power. I got wash.
4: power wash reality for you. No, 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 no. no. I don't I'll want do it like for you. It. I love doing it. No, no, no. no, no. I, I like the
1: idea that I don't. There's nothing that I have to do other than press a button and find where the dirty spot is.
5: <laughs> hey, that's real power washing. That
1: would be that, okay. You can do the actual power washing, Neil. I'll come over and point it out to you. Okay, <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's, that's great. The, well, you know, tag that's this team this is. co-op. Yeah. yeah, are you ready
4: to turn your video game passion into a money-making <laughs> empire? Yeah. In real Great, that's perfect.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go point at dirty spots for other people to clean. <laughs> yeah, Power Wash Simulators. That's my retro game of the year. Came out in 2022. <laughs> nice. Old school.
3: Yeah,
5: uh, yeah. so mine's another one that's been talked about a lot on this podcast. But uh, I think for me, it's just because it was kind of the introduction to it. Uh, but Yakuza Kiwami. Hell yeah. I Hi. mean, it's just... I I I don't know why I avoided the series for this long. No. And you know.
1: It's wild to me if people are still listening to this podcast and they have not even like <laughs> kind wild of play, to me, actually. played <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, got us. <laughs> but if they are they still haven't played any sort of Yakuza at this point.
5: Yeah, like, I mean, to be fair, I did play seven before this. Sure. So like that was like my technical introduction to the series. But man, like switching <laughs> to one um, and just seeing like the goopiness of where it came from, you know, mm-hmm. it's this Kwame's great and uh it's a series I definitely, you know, hopefully we'll be playing a lot more of in twenty twenty four. Nice. Yes.
4: Steven? So I started the year off uh earlier in the year playing a twenty twenty two release, uh Cult of the Lamb, loved it so oh, much, yeah. platinumed it, nice and that is not my retro game of the year. It's actually Yakuza Kwame. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, because this is a game that I've been playing on and off, I don't know, for five years now, because it was a 2016 release. It's six... been as retro game of the year for four years. It has. Yeah. <laughs> But I somehow put 100 hours into that game this year. <laughs> Good job. Jeez, I'm Up really until proud of you. like three weeks ago, I was playing Yakuza Kwame quite regularly, <laughs> and um, I finished it. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever finished a Yakuza game before. Like, I, I love Yakuza f- the franchise, but I'm always just dipping in and out of it. You know, I'm never like. Sure. 100% committing although I would say like a dragon was what's the closest I ever got to finishing a yakuza game cuz I put like 60 hours into that mm-hmm. but over 100 this year into Kwame, um basically starting like a brand new game yeah. like just getting rid of my old save and that it's been my like I don't want to say cozy game but sure like go-to mm-hmm. cozy game yeah. of the year just I don't want to necessarily think I just want to immerse myself in that Kuami world
2: maybe okay. chuckle a little bit chuckle yeah. a little bit
5: so <laughs> I mean all <laughs> I, I have to say is based on our list so far and the math that we do yeah. Yakuza Kuami's game of the year sounds <laughs> yeah. like it's going to be game of the year so, I can change mine real quick you guys <laughs> <We're gonna laughs> like, talk, we- <laughs> we'll talk more about that soon <laughs>
3: uh
0: renee
2: yeah so my retro game of the year uh someone could call it one of my favorite games of all time but <laughs> really luckily i've been able to hop back into it because it's now on nintendo switch online and that is harvest moon 64 Hell yeah! throwing it back to 1999 um like i said it just had such a profound impact on me um but going back into it, I had forgotten about so much of the, like, dialogue between characters. And I have new characters that I find that I really relate to a lot more. Like, oh, okay, let's throw it back to being, like, 13 years old. What Was Final Fantasy X, like, the first time that you, like, started questioning, like, religion and Christianity, kids? Yeah. Uh, y'all. God but um, Harvest Moon might have been mine. Because, like, whenever you become friends with the little pastor in the town, he's like... Man, like, sometimes the kids ask me shit, and I don't know how to answer them. <laughs> like, about God. Um, also, you know, like, one of the characters, her grandmother passes away, and she's really depressed for um, a long portion of the game. Whenever you talk to her, she's like, food doesn't taste like anything to me anymore. Jesus. Like, I'm like, holy Jesus. shit. Like, that's, oh, God relatable. Like, Grandma's
5: just hanging out with God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there you go.
2: Um <laughs> So, yeah, I'm really thankful that they put this on Nintendo Switch. Again, I don't know what kind of hoops Natsume had to jump through to make that happen, but I'm Flaming really thankful ones. for it. It's been my cozy game. I've just been playing, playing, playing it. Like, the hook just... It's got me. So, gotcha. I'm a fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Also, I go fishing in Harvest Moon 64, and it's nice. True <laughs> RPG. Jeez. So, yeah, that's my retro game of the
0: year. Love it. Thanks. So... Except for Renee. We, no one else posted their list publicly to the rest of us before we sat down and recorded this right here.
2: Let it all hang out,
3: baby.
0: Um, so for my retro game of the year, I chose Yakuza Kiwami. <laughs> yeah!
3: <laughs> Perfect.
0: Speak Be- for the exact same reason Neil was saying, because uh, I can't believe I waited this long to play it. I played 40 Hours of 7 four years ago and finally decided to take the jump And start from the beginning before Infinite Wealth comes out. Correct. Beat Yakuza, Kwame, and Kwame 2 this year. But I chose Kwame to represent because it's like the first one. And for all the reasons you said, it was like it was like playing Spider Man, right? Spider Man, you can go swing through the streets and like kind of chill yep. at the end of a day. Swing Yakuza through the you streets, go, yeah. <laughs> a different yeah, kind of swinging. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can go swing up people on people in the streets. Or swing on people. No, that's different. I thought you were saying that. You know, you got some Kiryu web shooters. <laughs>
1: Actually, you do. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So guide in, but. again, like Don Michael was saying, if you're listening to us and you haven't played Yakuza yet, please do. Like seriously, guys, it's been fun joining this like hype train. Even on like Reddit and other social media, as I people see more people like getting into Yakuza or discovering Yakuza, i like, where do I start? Like, do I have to play all like all this stuff? And seeing everyone's interpretations of there was the a- series
1: time around i don't know 2017 2016 something around there where it seemed like yakuza was kind of dead in america like mm-hmm. we weren't going to be getting any more yakuza type games um but for whatever reason it it like sl- an ember caught somewhere and the <laughs> the flame reignited and we're back on it baby
0: well, I mean cuz yeah cuz yakuza 6 which i'm on now came out in 2016 and then what like a dragon didn't come out until 2020 yeah so, so like 4 years there and then now all of a sudden they've got and
1: 6 was also questionable I think that we are mm-hmm. ever going to get a localization of that. Oh really.
0: So. But now we have spin off with Ishin, we had a, you know another yep. spin off DLC with uh, We've got, got, got 8 a, coming out, a new main line coming out, two judgment games. Two, two judgment, judgment games. games? Yeah, huge. So Um so yeah, that studio still putting them out and yeah. they all they are all still hitting. So Everyone play Yakuza. Everyone should play Yakuza. All right, Neil, Hi. it's your turn. Your hmm. your two through five of your top five list. All right.
5: So uh, number five for me, um, kind of like how you were saying, it was kind of like difficult to choose and that's because mm-hmm. I had something else. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. But this game, I actually haven't talked about on the podcast because I just started recently playing, playing it. Oh. <gasps> but it's Resident Evil 4. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> so like while I'm not far in, kind of for you know the same reasons John Michael pointed out, I mean, this remake is just, I, I already love 4, maybe not, as much as like Steven over here. What um, are you talking about? But it's just, you know, even in the sense of just like quality of life, like making it a dual stick shooter and, um, you know, like that. Visually. That helps. Visually, it's mm-hmm. great. And even how it still kind of keeps the same cheesy animations like when you have to melee and kick someone but <laughs> it still just works and kicking. And...
4: nothing more satisfying than doing a suplex, suplex. Yes. Yeah. on a cult member in Resident Evil 4 but
5: it's like it's like it even kind of expands on what Resident Evil 4 was for the series like where hey we're taking tank controls and keeping them but making the camera different so it works better. And then we're giving you a lot of ammo and now this one feels like, well, fuck, now I have even more ammo <laughs> in Remake. And mm-hmm. I, it's just, man, the last week playing this has been great. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to finish it. I'm sure it probably would have moved up higher on my list, but it definitely deserved a, a top spot just in the last three days.
3: <laughs> Damn, that says plenty.
5: Uh, yeah. And so moving on, number four is a game I've probably... Sounded like I haven't really liked a lot, but that's really just not true. (laughs)
3: Um,
5: But I'm giving it to Final Fantasy 16, and (laughs) (laughs) I I know you don't like it. Um, (laughs) And I think the reason being is because, like, I I know I mentioned last week, it's just like the highs it hit are are just really good. Like the characters are all really good. Um, The narrative is really good, and even though the gameplay isn't like what I wanted it's not bad like as an action game it is a really good precise quick controlling action game mm-hmm. and like yeah there's like some things i would like wish are different or whatever but ultimately i think it's you know a pretty good entry into the series especially after 15 because it's like square kind of made too f- uh, what's main series entries mm, that I feel games. like no, <laughs> no 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 No, that are like very good for people who have never played Final Fantasy and kind of like Yakuza you know you get an action one that's really good or you can get a turn-based one that's really good and they're both you know new mm-hmm. and not like an old dated yeah, game yeah, that yeah, may yeah. be harder to get into um, but anyway like not to talk much more about it but uh, yeah FF16 it's 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 pretty good. Uh, number three, Sweeka game. <laughs> yes, oh.
3: <Suica> game. <laughs> and
5: I, I, I can't say much about this game other than that it's just a great puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has taken like fifty hours of my life. Um, it's got a, a, a hook in it that's just fun. <laughs> right. I love the evolution of fruit. Um, no, I, it's very historical. <laughs> the evolution of fruit.
3: Um,
1: Modern bananas, man. And
5: I mean, it has one track, and it is a banger. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, just, just it, it's three dollars, and that's why it's number three on my list. Because <laughs> it's. So, <of> <laughs>
2: I've actually seen so many people talking about this like since like you've yes. said stuff about it I'm it's like oh my gosh everyone's suddenly like addicted to this game What it yeah,
5: I don't know. and I don't know like cuz like I said this game was like I was looking at a buddy of mine who I noticed hadn't signed on the Switch in a while and he did and I looked and it was like sweet a game what's that and I know he likes weird Japanese stuff so I went to the e shop saw it was $3 and was like I mean it was $3 I so I got it and yeah What's what's three three dollars divided by fifty hours? That's that's a good return. That's good. It's great, right? <laughs> so and there'll be more to come in twenty twenty four. And uh, so number two, um, my number two for this year is going to go to Sea of Stars. Nice, oh. um, good choice. And it was just, I, I everything about this game, like I kind of had high expectations for, yeah. and then it just met them all.
3: Yeah,
5: um, it's a beautiful. Bl- a, a lot of people like you know really attribute it to chrono trigger because i know composer was a guest on it the dual tax all that is kind of reminiscent but the thing is it draws in so many ideas from so many good super nintendo rpgs uh including breath of fire and super mario rpg definitely so it's just this culmination of like one of the best eras for rpgs in one game and it makes it feel unique and not really like it's a Spiritual successor. I don't
1: know. It, it feels yeah. very modern at the same yeah. time. Yeah.
5: And so, you know, ultimately, if you like turn based RPGs, if you like any of those SNES games that I mentioned, and even if you like stuff like village building and sort yep. of resource management,
0: it gets there too. So, I almost miss like the more simplified JRPG like this is, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, honestly. A lot of the newer ones have a lot of cool features, but this is strictly just like here's two characters, you get a sword, and you get uh, armor. And like, yeah. that's it? Go and eat. I, yeah, and I mean. really like
5: that it did the whole thing of like, it doesn't matter what character you choose. Like, yeah. they give yeah. you that option, but it's not like an East game where mm-hmm. if you yeah. want the other story, you got to play through the whole game again. Like, this is just like, eh, you pick one and then they, they, you, they, can, you can just they rotate them. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. 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 You're fine. <laughs> you, you get both their stories in one. Exactly. So. Um, but yeah, it's just a beautiful game and awesome soundtrack. Great gameplay. And, and I also like that it wasn't, it you know, in the at, like Super Mario RPG, it's like I mean, Super Mario RPG isn't really this long, but it's like a 25 30 hour game, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're done. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's pretty brief, it's great, it respects your time. It doesn't
1: agree,
0: yes. it
5: doesn't overstay its welcome.
0: Mm-hmm. So nice. Why
5: well, we give us a quick recap? Sure, we move sure. On? So, number five, Resident Evil 4, number four, Final Fantasy 16, number three, Suica game. And number two, Sea of
0: Stars. Excellent. Thank you, Neil. Can't wait to hear your GOTY. <laughs> our <laughs> our next,
3: <Shirt>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> our next uh, category for this year is um, Biggest Surprise. This may be a game you weren't expecting to be good and you played and it was. A game that wasn't on your radar or, a, you know... A game that you felt surprised to play, <laughs> uh, John Michael.
1: So um, at the Game Awards, not this past one, but the one before that, they announced Alan Wake Two, and I saw the trailer. I was like, "Well, that looks stupid as hell." Uh, <laughs> and then that game came out, and I was like, "This game's cool as hell." So I got to give it to Alan Wake Two because mm-hmm. it subverted my expectations. Um, I, 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 take back the mean things I said about you, Alan Wake 2, when I saw the reveal trailer. You um, had a
5: dead rising moment like Steven and I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I
1: just look, you know, I, I, the first Alan Wake didn't have a good track record for me and I, the second one didn't look like it was doing anything that much better, but you know, I'm here to eat my words. Uh, <laughs> so sorry about that. That was the biggest surprise is how much I actually ended up enjoying that game.
5: So nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so for me, um, I kind of have two, but the first one will just be short because it was an actual fucking surprise, <laughs> and that was Metroid Prime Remastered. Oh, that uh, came out uh, in the first place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, just like it was announced and released day. the same yeah, day. That's true. So yeah, it was just like, 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 hey, we're doing this, and uh, it'll be available yeah. in 30 minutes. So gotcha. <laughs> that, as far as like being surprised, um, but as far as like, a game that wasn't on my radar that you know, kind of I was surprised by mm-hmm. um, was Hogwarts Legacy. Um, mm-hmm, I know yeah. this game has a lot of controversy around it, but you know mm-hmm. my wife is a huge Harry Potter fan, so it was kind of this thing of like when she brought it up, I was like, well, I mean, I'll get it if you want to play it. Yep. And so you know, I started playing it, and I don't really have any attach. I've never read the books. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen the movies; they're fine. Um, so I don't really have much attachment to the Harry Potter lore or world. But and while like the gameplay loop, like the game was fine, mm-hmm. it was okay. But I cannot deny just like when you get the broom and you're flying around and like how seamless that world was and the intricacies of the castle and mm-hmm. having my wife there, like being amazed by like every little animation in mm-hmm. ha- in the school that they did and like just being told all this stuff, like
0: she, it was worth it. She's the person I picture. Cause when I was playing it, I was like, this is really cool, but like I'm not a big Harry Potter person. So like, yeah. I feel like a lot of this is lost on me, but I know there are people out there who probably yeah. love this. And, and yeah.
5: I, I think it was just cool for me cause it was like, I think she got that feeling that I got from something like FF7 Remake. For sure. Like, Aww. seeing this world, just how I imagined it, and being able to it's interact cool. with it. Yeah, and, being in like, like... Like, it was a fun game, you know? The battle system was... It's pretty tight. ...simple. The mm-hmm. UI was kind of cluttered, because they tried to throw... It, it. Yeah. I mean, you had, like, four menus of spells to go through. <laughs> Damn. But, like, overall, like, I was shocked that they made a
0: good Harry mm-hmm. Potter yeah. game... Considering, like, thinking back to playing, like, Sorcerer Stone, or, right, like, Chamber of Secrets on, like, PS1 back when yeah. I was a kid, and, like, that Hogwarts was so cool, and, like, whatever. And now, like, this is literally almost, like, one for one. Yep. They built yeah. it. And, I like...
5: also really appreciated this, that uh, this one kind of, like, stayed away from Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, it was hey, just yeah, yeah, more yeah, the yeah. world, and, like, you created your own character. It was, like, what, a prequel, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something it like, a, like, like something. Uh, several hundred century. years before. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that was kind of cool, but, man, like, I I just, that world they built was incredible and seamless. Yeah. And like flying around on the broom to me was
0: almost as good as something like (laughs) swinging around in Spider-Man or
5: swinging on people in Yakuza.
0: (laughs) The big bummer is not having Quidditch, but I guess you got to save something for the sequel, right? Yeah. (laughs) Spinoff title. Steven?
4: You know, uh, the only reason my biggest surprise wasn't Alan Wake 2, and I think that's such a good answer. Mm Mm-hmm. When when you said that it made complete sense to me, but because Alan Wake One wasn't that great of a game, yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, it's a good game. It's not a great game. It's fine. Control was one of the best games I've ever played. Sure. So Alan Wake Two, being the follow up to Control, to me it wasn't like. It wasn't as big of a surprise, mm-hmm. but it's it's so close to being my answer because that game is so good. But if you told me that po- Pinocchio Bloodborne <laughs> was not only going to be like a competent Souls-like, but also better than in my opinion, like half of the Souls-like games sure. that From Software themselves have made,
3: yeah.
4: that game is just so good. Um, which is good to hear because, like, honestly, watching a
5: lot of the like trailers and announcement of that game, like, I thought it looked cool, but there was like. In no way, in any There's world, no but I think it would it. actually be good.
4: Yeah, I, I, I don't know <laughs> if I ever even knew of NeoWiz as a developer before this game. I know they had put out some, maybe some MMOs, which mm-hmm. obviously that's not my bag so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've done so many quality, and I mentioned this a little bit before. They've done so many quality of life things that I hope, only hope. Uh, That From Software or maybe other developers could take note of on future games. Now, I know the scope of Lies of P, but I haven't said Lies of P. I'll say it now. (laughs) I know that the scope of Lies of P is not quite what uh, Elden Ring was. So, obviously, from a development perspective, when you're making closed corridor areas compared to big, giant open worlds, it's not really
1: the same. It's different. It's not one to one.
4: I, I fully, I never, I do not ever expect From Software to make another game. That's not, like, an open – every game that we uh, yeah, get, you, I feel, yeah, is going to be build like, like Elden Ring, right? But that's right.
1: fine. So Eliza P2 doesn't still have to be Elden Ring, though. No. Right? Like, that's, it, that's
4: what's great about it. We it, can still go back to a
1: simpler time.
4: It brings know. it way back to, like, almost elements of Demon Souls right. where you're just mm-hmm. kind of, like, spawning into an area. You know, you're, there are no connected worlds in, in any of this, right? There are some elements of that because sometimes you can see, like in a Dark Souls, right. you can see like in the vista or, or in the, the background. You can see, oh, like I was there 20 hours ago. Right. I so there is, the, that. there is is that. Is it like in Ocarina of Time when you're heading up Death Mountain? And it's, 100, like, 100, exactly. and it's like yes. You kind of see yeah. it, but it's really just the two-day <laughs> I love when you go to Death Mountain in Liza <laughs> P. <laughs> and, and really, in, in Liza P, you don't get that until – and we're going to spoil something right here. You don't get that until the very end of the, end of the game yeah. because the first seven or eight areas – they're like streets. streets they're low levels but then when you get to that final area of the game you're you're ascending into this castle on top of this mountain and you can look over and you can see like all those areas that you were 30 40 50 hours ago it's a really cool mm-hmm. cool moment nice. um but it's such a great game it's such a good souls like um I just love that game it's really so. funny to me that that was yours and we we swapped
1: basically we did. originally yeah. i had lies of p as <laughs> on mine as uh, <laughs> Uh, the biggest surprise. So I like I mean, that we both got representation for the games. Completely
4: out by. of nowhere. Like yeah. this. Thank you, Neowiz. <laughs> for the fun game.
3: <laughs> Renee?
2: Yeah. So my most surprising game was, where did this game even come from? It came completely out of left field. Neil told me about it just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> what the heck? Little goody two-shoes. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Like, this game, It's it it's so familiar, but so new. And it checks like all my boxes of like <laughs> yeah. games of things that I like. It has, you know, the Otome game elements and it's spooky but cute. And it even checks boxes that I didn't even know like uh, that I needed to be checked. But here they are. <laughs> um, I love how horrific it is, yet cute. I love that it's just, it, I don't know, everything about it is just like spooky. But then it's cute. You know, I can I can go into a scene where there's this like, a a dead horse on the side of the road with all of these like creepy crows like cawing at you and just like whispering in your ear like, oh, the Lord of the forest can give you like what you desire, like your selfish wish, like just come into the forest, little girl. (laughs) And then at the same time, I can like go get some bread from my nun girlfriend and then I'll go (laughs) have a cute domestic meal with my witch girlfriend. And it it just has this great combination and it's jarring, but like that's, it's so me, I love it. And where did it come from? Square (laughs) Enix published it? Are you kidding me? How did I I not know this? So, yeah, my biggest surprise of this year was Little Goody Two Shoes. Everyone needs to play this game because it's great.
0: I'd never heard of it until we just discussed it. (laughs) Good job, Neil. Thanks, Neil. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, For mine, so every year I I have a note in my phone where the games I'm looking forward to for that year when they come out so I can you know keep track of release dates yeah. and keep track if I got it. And Alan Wake 2 <laughs> never made that list ever. <laughs> I like, like you were saying, Alan Wake 1 was not a great game in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I've tried other Remedy games that have come out since then. I never finished one. And all of a sudden, Alan Wake 2 comes out to all these 10 out of 10s and all this positive spin and you two talking about it. And I just... Couldn't get into it at first, and all of a sudden it <laughs> yeah. clicked, and I was like, "Holy shit, this game's great!" Yes, like everything is doing is so on point. So, um, yeah, this is my biggest surprise because I was I... not even anticipating picking it up, let alone enjoying it as much as I did. For sure. So, uh, yeah, Alan Wake Two, job remedy. Not expecting <laughs> remedy to to put this out and uh, have it hit the way it did. So, congrats to Remedy. <laughs> <laughs> on making a game that surprised me. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> yeah, a, did it. You finally did it. <laughs> Looking forward to more. <laughs> that was our that was our biggest surprises of 2023, moving back to our top lists. Now we're going to move on to Steven.
4: Ew. So, th- by the way, thank you for having us on your show. To yes. Talk about these video games. Thank you, Adam. This is our week, show. Our comrades. Shows. Yes. <laughs> um, so, my number 5 Game of the year. The only reason this is so low on my list (laughs) is because I've not been able to put as much time into it as I would want to. Mm -hmm. This game is the most game. Of the year. <laughs> um, this game is a game that's 20 plus years in the making mm-hmm. and bringing mm-hmm. back an entire genre into a forefront that has never been this popular 20 over 20 million copies sold at Baldurs Gate 3 I um, thought you were going with Starfield It was gonna be Starfield <laughs> until just a second ago <laughs> I did it really was that and yeah so you know I, six. I think in the, in the, in the late 90s i had started really dabbling into action RPGs with like Diablo um which are very much instant gratification mm-hmm. you click on the thing it dies and it drops maybe an item and mm-hmm. then that's about it there's not much story in those games but playing the first boulders <laughs> and then the second boulders gate like getting into to to proper crpgs in the early 2000s and then seeing that that genre not vanish but but leave the the forefront mm-hmm. and and i can i can immediately blame the success of games like kotor mass effect Literally taking the developer of those earlier games away from that genre yes. and putting it into more, Damn. more of like a, a popularized. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just mm-hmm. not for me.
1: It's more mainstream.
4: And then you know, Larian coming along after uh, they did a couple of um, what were the two games? Do you Divinity? Know, the, the, the Divinity set. games, right? also great games, which are phenomenal games. And, and no better developer to bring back Baldur's Gate into the forefront than Larian, because mm-hmm. you can you really see the passion they have for. For that, the, yes. the franchise, for the genre of games, and the amount of work that you know, the voice acting, the writing—it's there's just so much for you to experience in this game. Um, I'm really excited that so many people are finding it and loving it, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to continue playing this game. Maybe it will be my 2023 retro game of the year. Probably. I don't know, um, but that is my number <laughs> five game. So, and I've only been playing it for a, a week or so since, and really, I would have been playing it more, but I was sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't feel like I wanted to play a video game when I was... Mm -hmm. I feel that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So, my number four game of the year, sticking with the tradition of putting the number four (laughs) in your four, number four spot is Pikmin 4. There we go. Pikmin 4 is my... This this year, it was my, like, I got to the hotel for work, and I'm going to play Pikmin 4. Like, that was my laying in the hotel bed playing, rather be home, but I'm playing it <laughs> handheld. It's
2: going to give you that little slice of happiness. It
4: did. You know, it's, it, it, to me, it is a cozy game. I will, will, will gladly say that I've barely lost any Pikmin playing through this game <laughs> because I just keep Correct. restarting. Uh, just, or you could just rewind the game. This, this, <laughs> Wait, what? Yes, the, there's literally a rewind button in this game. So, th- Man, dying Pikmin are somewhat like my nightmares. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. I don't want to leave anybody behind. I don't want anyone dying. So th- this is the most feature-enriched, the most like polished Pikmin game in the, the franchise's history. It's the best Pikmin game in the franchise's history. A franchise that I've been enjoying since December 3rd, 2001, when the first <laughs> game came out a week after the GameCube launched. So um, I, I feel like I didn't play as much 2 or 3 so this mm. really truly is like a bookend for me on the Pikmin franchise until they make a fifth game. Because I mostly have played the first Pikmin game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and mostly have played the fourth Pikmin game. And I'm just I'm in love with this game. It is so good. Highly recommended. Um, another game that I decided to put on this list, which falls on the number three spot, is Lies of Pete. Nice. The <laughs> Pinocchio <laughs> Bloodborne game. Um it's it's not a game that's for anyone. That doesn't okay. Let me, if you're not into Souls games, don't play this game. <laughs> if you have noted. bought a Souls game and you bowed out after like an hour or two or ten, do not fucking play this game. Double noted. It is the same. <laughs> it is all of that again. It is. The, it is a very difficult. A boss battles, I guess. I mean, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> um, it's. It's. You're gonna be dying over and over again. This it, Liza P doesn't really do much new. For the, even though I love this game, it doesn't mm-hmm. do anything really new, but it just it does a few things better mm-hmm. than what some of the other kind of knockoff.
2: Um, some of the Soul, I, I don't know, a lot of Souls <coughs> games are just kind of convoluted. But watching you play Lies of P, everything in the story and about the characters was just much more obvious. Yes,
0: straightforward. So it's like yeah. it's a
2: different, yeah, very straightforward. Yeah. And I just, I enjoyed that way of telling a story more oh, so than. You know,
4: also there is a character. <laughs> um, you, play, yeah, exactly. you, you don't create P Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, want, <laughs> so, you know, did that. You know, <laughs> you can activate that P organ. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you control. You do you you guide the path of the style of the game you want to play. You want to you want to be more of an aggressive player. Or do you want to? I mean, I'm not saying you cannot customize your Liza P character, mm-hmm. but it's not a creative character. Okay. You're Pinocchio. You wake up you in can't, a chair. Like Monster Factory. Yeah, there's none of that. <laughs> maybe maybe in the DLC. Who yeah, knows? But oh, your build could be different. Yes, yes. Yeah. You do control your build. Mm-hmm. Is there yeah, like a morale problems. system where if you yes. don't tell yep. the truth, yes. your nose gets bigger? Yeah, 100%. Yes. Nice. <laughs> That's the whole point. In fact, I told so many lies in the game. There's a painting in the... <laughs> In the, like, base area where Mm -hmm. all your NPCs hang around. So
5: I know you said if you've, like, bowed out after 10 hours of Soul Games, don't play this, but now this makes me want to
4: play it. Well, Mm -hmm. maybe this could be it. I don't know. Because, like, I mean... So the more lies you tell, there's a painting of you, Mm -hmm. of Pinocchio, that you find in the world, and you bring it to Geppetto, your father who created you. And every lie you tell, the the nose on the painting gets longer and longer and longer. Um, And if you tell all the lies that you're supposed to tell in the game the nose becomes a weapon that falls off the painting that you can pick up and <laughs> it's like it's, it's an unlockable weapon yeah. in the game that you can only get by lying the entire game nice so great hence yeah. the title i think i went over on lies of pi apologize but <laughs> it's very good it's my number 3 game okay i'm going to be honest with you i'm at the final boss right now or i'm sorry penultimate boss i'm not at the final p boss. boss i'm at the pe- the p ultimate the second to last boss <laughs> and it is a fucking nightmare this it's if i um, have breezed through every boss in this game 2 3 maybe 5 attempts no problem i'm on like my 25th attempt whoo, on this final boss yeah. and it is a fucking nightmare there is no end I'm in not sight
2: Yeah, the problem is, is that he gets stuck on like the very same thing. I'm not progressing. It's like, yeah, that's
1: the mm, worst feeling.
4: Getting it down to second phase, fifty percent health, but never getting any further. Further than that, that (laughs) at all. That's frustrating. But you should try it. It's a great game. I'm going to play play (laughs) it. And my number two game of the year is a game that a lot of people say should not exist (gasps) because it's a remake. Of one of the greatest video <laughs> games ever made. So why should we remake a modern game when you can just go back and play it on? A, but Resident Evil Four is my number two game of the year. Um, it does so many cool things that it, right away it tells you this this is going to be different. Cool mm-hmm. kills. There are cool kills, <laughs> but that is not that is not the only reason to play this game. No. Right? Um, right from the village encounter, which is one of, I think, the greatest moments, the greatest sequences in video game history, Yes. right from the beginning of this game, you're informed to to realize this is not going to be the same experience, because when you go up in that tower, as you know to do, if you've played Resident Evil 4, and Adam's shaking his head no, because he's never played it, as you, you go up that tower in Resident Evil 4 to grab a couple items, but when you do that in this game the whole thing crumbles falls. and falls down. You're like, Oh Whoa. shit. I can't do <laughs> that. Different. There's going to be different <laughs> things in this game. And there are a ton of different things in this game. And we've talked about this game on this podcast, a whole bunch. I think I put a hundred hours into resident evil four, um, earlier this year, I platinumed the game. I probably beat it eight or nine times. It got to the point <laughs> where, as I was playing through the story sequences, I was, like an insane Sleeping. person. No, but like <laughs> quoting the dialogue yeah, before you can it, quote oh, it yeah. Because I was literally losing my mind. And, and figuratively losing my mind. Let's say so you know you enjoy a game. Resident Evil 4, phenomenal uh, game. Is it better than the original version? <gasps> Find out next year. And There's different opinions on that. It, it does some things that I like better and something things I don't like They're better. just they're different, different games. games. And they're both yeah. good so Resident Evil 4 our official game of the year <laughs> <laughs> you heard it year number two game of the year
0: do you want to uh, yeah let's run recap? it back
4: number five Baldur's Gate 3 number four Pikmin 4 number three Lies of P number two Resident Evil
0: 4 It's a great list that's
3: a yeah, good list solid list
2: I
1: wish it was my list, list. <laughs> game list <laughs>
0: Our next category is for Best Soundtrack. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, yeah. John Michael, do you want to start us off with Best Soundtrack?
1: Yeah, it feels like there should really only be one game uh, on Accurate. this <laughs> list, uh, and it's Alan Wake 2, uh-huh. uh, because no other game has the Old Gods of Asgard performing any music mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. their game. So, not this year, at least. Not this year. Uh, maybe yeah. next year. But this year, no other you know game had Old Gods of Asgard yeah. Um, there's a, a literal musical moment in this game. Uh, <laughs> music ties into this game quite often in parts. Um, the effects of music are talked about in this game. Uh, the, it's just so good. Everything's good about the music in Alan Wake 2.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Neil? Uh, so I did not play Alan Wake 2, so I have not experienced the old gods of Asgard. <laughs> well, that's still the answer. I don't know what um, to tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, I'm going to give mine to Final Fantasy 16. Um Music in this game is uh, incredible, especially coming from a new composer who has to follow in the footsteps of Umatsu, you know, it, it, Being able to, you know, rendition classic Final Fantasy songs like they do, you know, the prelude theme or main theme, whatever you call it, the battle theme being like reminiscent of older Final Fantasy games, but then also just things like the Titan fight, mm-hmm. and like how it's this like electronic metal. Track like going on <laughs> as you're playing, which is just not something ever. I think the first time we ever had anything like that was the opening of Final Fantasy X. You know, and uh, but it's just the, the the music in this game is is it's just phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. honestly probably the best part about it. Um, give you that, <laughs> <laughs> give you that one, Neil. Uh, but it, it's just like I, I could not believe that this came from not Umazzo basically. Yeah, uh, and it's still just like hit mm-hmm. harder than like up- most Final Fantasy games do. So, that's my vote.
4: Nice. I want to tell you about <clears throat> a game that has a lot of music featured in it. Um, and there's a great opportunity for this game in the future mm. to to improve upon its selection Fortnite has a brand new mode <laughs> where you can have all these great songs, but I've no, I've studied this. Okay, I've done some research on Fortnite's new mode. It's it's um, festival mode, and um, there's a severe lack of finish metal. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing from the old gods of Asgard in this That's, game. Yep. Which this is a great, this is great news for Epic because this means in the future there could they be could have but old gods of Asgard. Let me tell you right now. There's a game called Alan Wake 2 where this all this music's available right now. You don't have to wait. Nope. You don't have to pay extra. And it's not just about the old gods of Asgard who have been featured in Control, who have been featured in Alan Wake 1, who have been featured in Max Payne 2. Mm-hmm. But it's also like the, 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 how important music is to Alan Wake 2. It's at the end of each episode when you get that song. And, and the song is actually – it's important because it's describing – What's going on in the game? Yep. It's one of the few times in a video game where I've like purposefully basically sat at credits during each episode and let that full song, that full yep, track just play. Let the weird every
1: time black like water ripple scene yep. play out every time. Yeah.
4: Also, like Poe, which I don't know if you're familiar with Poe, but she is a, a, a musical artist that was pretty popular in like the late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s totally did a song for this game and hasn't written a song in over 10 years. Oh wow. And there's that's a poetry track. That
1: first episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thrown off a little bit. I was like, is this like Evanescence or something? No, man. Like, it's, it's I was not ready
4: for it. And that's when I was like, this is And then, you know, numerous sequences in the game that that feature the uh, the fake band Old Gods of Adgard, Yes. Um, which is actually a real band in real life. Yes. Uh, Poets of the Fall is the name of the real band. Um, but there's these really cool sequences in the game that feature that music, and some of it, I mean, we've, we've danced around that mm-hmm. sequence with the basically just like, uh, I don't know, it's like a music video that you walk through. Mm-hmm. Just one of the coolest moments in any video game that I've ever played. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Allemake 2 has got to be sound. I, I would buy the whole damn thing on vinyl <laughs> Absolutely. if available right now. And when will it be available on vinyl? I don't know. Hit up Limited Run Games. It's on Spotify. <laughs> you, if you want to listen to all that Ooh, stuff, it, it is. is. Okay. Yep. Hell yeah. Yeah. We, we listen to it all the time in the car driving around. It's like <laughs> seven, sixteen minutes long. <laughs> you just listen to it
1: <laughs> on the game too. There's a radio. On. Yeah, there is. Yeah. You listen to yeah. all the songs. That's true. That's so true. cool.
2: Played a lot of games with a lot of amazing music this year, but nothing has me by the balls like Herald of Darkness. <laughs>
3: Yeah. it's
2: just it's so good. And that's why I have to say that Alan Wake, too, <laughs> <It's the best laughs> soundtrack. because come on, that song is just it's I mean, I don't want it, to say it's better it's like than anything rips. I've heard this year, but it's so good. It's like
4: operatically good yes. because it's it's you know, it's telling you a story while it's
2: I love a song that tells a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and it does. It's
1: and just
4: an earworm. It gets in your ear, and you're like, I can't. <laughs> and like, we got not- to see a live performance of it. Not yep. in person, but. Right.
2: Yeah. So I think good. that's really when it clicked
4: for me. It's like, oh! <laughs> oh! oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, just mind-melting, and it is an earworm. So, yeah, Alan Wake too. good job. It's a bop.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean, not only was the music great in this game, but the way the music was used is what really made Alan Wake Two great. Yeah, because <laughs> the way it played into the plot, the way it played into, you know, the final like shakedown, like Anna being awesome, like and the sequence that we all talk about. Yeah, like yep. Any like music can be great in a game, but when a game can use that music in a way that moves me, like that's what really throws it. Like I'll high be up there. Now, Wake Two is one of those remembering
1: the music for this game. Like over, like yeah, the mm-hmm. next several years. Yes, yeah. right. Like especially
0: once it gets into your like Spotify algorithm, then yep. it's just going to be in your most listened to like playlist they make for their your into your wrapped every year. <laughs> Keep going back to it. So, uh, Neil, I bet you if you play Alan Wake two, oh, I'm really sure, like I'm sure it would be yes, a hundred percent. Um <laughs> awesome. Let's see. Let's move on to Renee. That's me. Hey.
2: Alright, top five games of the year. Here we go. Number five is a game that I talked about way earlier this year, which is Jacques Jean. It is an Otome game, and it's the most like gamey feeling Otome game that I've ever played because it really it gives you like a menu to like go through and like do little things up your parameters and then it'll give you little story bits between that. So it's it, I don't know, it was fascinating. It's also like one of the first games where I've actually like written down like career advice, like acting oh, advice wow. from this game. Oh wow, nice. Like when the characters are struggling with their performance, like just the way that they overcome, I've been like, oh, that's actually really good advice. <laughs> Let me write that down in like my like notebook for classes and not my notebook for games (laughs) so I have like a lot of notes for it and I also I really love media that plays with gender and this game just plays with it because it's about a girl that goes to an all-boys performance academy to like follow in the footsteps of her brother Mm. Um, so you know it, it gives you like uh, Utana or high, like Mulan vibes, and I I just really enjoyed my She's time the with man. it.
4: man. Yeah, Vines. There, yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I really missed the, hearing the music to this game because I sat next to you on the couch a whole bunch while you played this, and I really got to I adore the soundtrack. Too busy listening to Old Gods of Asgard over there <laughs> at the Martin household. I wonder if uh, I wonder if the soundtrack is on Spotify or. Anything. It a, might be. A lot of
5: soundtracks are. I mean, usually, when I, I, usually when I search for them, they are on there. <laughs> it
2: also, like, um, not to go on about my number five too much, but um, it's also the artist who did this game um, is the artist and a creator of Tokyo Ghoul. And he actually created, he got the idea for this Otome game, and he just created the entire story and all of the artwork. So it's very unique, and it looks very different, much more different than any other Otome game on the market. So it's really just a standout, really good game. So my number five, Jacques Jean. My number four coming in, the number four spot. It's the perfect game to put at the spot, which is Resident Evil
3: 4. Yeah, good choice. (laughs) Um,
2: Which we've talked about so much, but I do have to say that I love this game for all of its accessibility options. And I love all of the unlimited ammo yep. <laughs> weapons that they um, <laughs> offer you after you beat this game because it lets even a loser like me pick it up and have a lot of fun running through the village, screaming my head off while trying to shoot all of these zambo Ganados because there's nothing more fun than that. <laughs> um, also, I have to say, it's a fun game to watch someone play. Sure, I watched Steven play this game a lot, a lot, a lot so many hours and so many times of playing just the same sequences. But it is so cool to watch someone who is good at this game play it. And Steven, like, just how he got to be so good at it. Like, just getting these, like, yes, really, surgical (laughs) precision. Like, knowing exactly where to dodge enemies and when to shoot enemies and where the explosive barrels are. And just, like, really breaking down the design of, uh, like, I don't know, all of the the game itself. So yeah, um, Resident Evil 4 is my number four and well-deserved <laughs> to be there. Love it. My number three is Super Mario RPG. Nice. Um, like I've said already, uh, this is like, I don't know, it might be the best remake of anything ever because it's just so true to the spirit of the original game, which is such a delight Important. as it is. Um, and I will just always sing the praises of the original. And I feel like y- you can, in the same year, go back and play the original and this game and still just enjoy them equally.
5: I mean, that's honestly what I love about Nintendo's remakes yeah. is they're, they are all basically one-to-ones with quality, quality of life. Yeah. You know, like Ocarina of Time 3D, Majora's Mask, like, like Wind Waker, keeping uh, it in the Metroid spirit. Prime, like they are all the same game. Or even, like, if you go to, like, Link's Awakening on the Switch, it's still Link's Awakening, just quality of life, but more.
2: And I really, I appreciate that this game, it just won't be another game that's lost to time. Not that it would have been, because it's it's such a cult classic, but it, it definitely could have, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, it's like, it's a weird combo, like Square Enix and Nintendo made this game together, and it very well could have just never gotten any sort of remake or any sort of attention. Sure. Um, yeah. So it's... It's really neat. I, I appreciate games like that are old, becoming new, and being uh, accepted by new audiences and old audiences also. So <laughs> my number three is Mario RPG on the Switch. And my number two, also um, well-deserved in the two spot, is <laughs> Octopath Traveler 2. Nice. Um, you know, the original Octopath got so close to perfection, and this one just inches even closer to that i really love how in this game they make the characters like have a little bit more to do with one another and like just kind of um intersect their stories a little bit better also come on this this game is rpg of the year
3: Mm -hmm. please like it should have
2: even just been nominated at the game come on (laughs) come on um
0: talk about a game with great music as well and especially like the two different versions of each song whether it's daytime or nighttime and like that Mm, transition yeah
2: Yeah, there's just so many little details like that and again um, the sprite work on this is incredible and even just the little effects and yeah, I don't know. I I also love just how challenging it is. Um, some people can look at turn-based RPGs and just think that they're easy. Like especially if you've only played like older ones and you just mm-hmm. like know exactly how to break it. And you know, oh, once an enemy has a weakness on something, it's easy. No, this game is like incredibly challenging, and it really forces you to look several steps ahead and create a strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's like infinite strategies with your characters being able to respec into like different, um, you know, like being a sorcerer or being like a mage or, you know, just all, all these different things that they can be, Mm -hmm. um, a warrior, you know, et cetera. Um, as someone who was president of her chess club in (laughs) high school, I quite enjoy that aspect of the challenge. So, Yes, Octopath Traveler 2 is my number two. I love it. More people need to play it.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Um, Do you want to give us a recap of your five through two?
2: Sure. Number five was Jack Jean. Number four was Resident Evil 4. Number three was Super Mario RPG. And number two was Octopath Traveler 2.
0: Excellent. Our next category is for Best Style. Now, best style uh, doesn't necessarily mean it's the best-looking game or has the best graphics, but it's kind of a combination of how does it look, how does it play, how does it feel, does it have this, like, swagger attitude, you know, what's what game had the best style for 2023? John Michael? Uh, so, for me,
1: I kind of wanted something that uh, reminded me of something else, I guess. I, it's Lies of P for me, actually. <laughs> Um, I like that this like took Bloodborne, but like also out Bloodborne to Bloodborne in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the city street design, like I like the character designs in this. I don't know. There wasn't enough like weird, dark games like this <laughs> that I've seen in a while. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something unsettling and beautiful about this game at the same time. So yeah. Liza P took the coolest style for me this year.
0: Yeah,
5: yes. uh, for me. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Cassette Beast for this. Okay. Mm. Um, okay. And reason being is because you know it really did an awesome thing of making a game feel 2D while still being like a isometric 3D game. Um, even in the sense of you know everything looks pixelated, but there's still dynamic lighting with shadows and stuff like that, and it really gives it kind of a cool look. On top of like your characters being 2D sprites, the 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 beast being 2D sprites in battle, stuff like that. So it was really cool. And uh, speaking, like how y'all mentioned, you know, games like Alan Wake 2 use the music in the game. This one probably not to a, as deep of a sense as something like Alan Wake 2, but you know, the the soundtrack's very minimal, but they did a thing like where they recorded a lyric version and then an, and they also have an instrumental version. So Mm -hmm. they use the music in ways of like, when you're in town in a building, it was like playing the lyrical version. But when you walk outside, it would switch like mm. without missing a beat. It would just like flow into the instrumental version. Or like um, when you're in battle, it's like against a boss or something. It's like this epic <laughs> instrumental track. But then if you fuse your beast together, that's when the lyrics just come in and it like makes it really cool. But overall, just uh, I, the colors, the cartoony anime ish style of that game is just really really cool.
4: Hell yeah, nice.
0: Steven, what's got some style. I feel like
3: <clears throat>
4: this one game kind of reminds me of of an entire console's visual style harkening back to like the Dreamcast era of video games. Um, but Hi-Fi Rush oh, I feel yeah. like doesn't get talked about enough and maybe that's because it came mm. out so early in the year. Sure. And a, a lot of developers have tried to do like a rhythm-based Shooter or rhythm-based, like a melee combat game, and I don't think anyone's succeeded the way that um, Tango Gameworks did with Hi-Fi Rush, and it's just got that really that amazing animation style. And you talk about like colors, like mm-hmm. visually, this game just does things that that nothing else that I have seen, not even just this year, but but it really ever, have accomplished uh, visually. You know what this game does, and and licensed music. And original music all integrating into the gameplay. It's very much, if you're into rhythm games or, or just that that Dreamcast era yeah. of not arcade games, but definitely mm-hmm. like arcade style action games, yeah. That, yeah, this should be yeah. okay. it's, it's perfect that
5: you play. mention like Dreamcast era, because when I think <laughs>
4: Dreamcast era of style, it's just vibrant. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% for yeah. sure. <laughs> and I miss so much of that in games these days. Mm-hmm. And whenever a developer channels that, I get really excited to, to dive into what <laughs> they've <laughs> done. And High Five Rush is a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. I, I think it belongs on more lists altogether. <laughs> but uh, we've only got so much time in yeah. front of these microphones. We've got to turn them back in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> for me, whenever I sat down to like write everything out, because I really like to write notes for things, um, I was like best style. And World of Horror just like slapped me in the face. I was like, no, get what out a, of here. What a great World choice! Of and I, I just ran down all games that I played this year, and I was like, no, w- World of Horror. Actually, mm-hmm. yes. Um, this game, I, I like games that feel old and this game feels old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just, it feels like and Commodore like, 64. Just like how they can create this like terrifying experience with so few like colors with such like in these constraints of like trying to make it look like an a very old PC game or really, I mean, I wasn't a part of that era of PC, like DOS era, I guess. So the one thing I can kind of equate it to is the original game boy
3: mm-hmm. um
2: and it just like i don't know what they are able to achieve like within those constraints and just make you feel scared of the situation with the, the sound and you know still being in this like little ui um and the scary sprites and everything yeah a world of horror <laughs> it's really cool and has really cool style i i recommend it nice yes it
5: sounds like a disney ride <laughs> yeah
2: definitely ride that ride at disney absolutely scissor lady the bloated coach in the pool yeah it's, it's gonna be All great
0: favorites uh when it came to best style for this year there's one game that immediately popped into my head and it is hi-fi rush because of the art style that cool cell shaded that vibrant color like yeah. steven said remind you of the dreamcast era like jet set or even like um Oh, I was thinking about it the whole time Renee was talking. Neil, what's the game Insomniac made you like so much? Sunset over Sunset. Overdrive. I'm not Neil, but I can answer for uh, that. obviously it doesn't play like that, but it's similar like again, that similar style that game had, which is really cool. And uh yeah, it almost like it was in consideration for me for Best Soundtrack as well, because the way it uses the music in time with the the combat and the fact that they got the licensed music as well as their own. Uh, you know, in-house tracks are really cool. It did make them a top 10 for this year, but we're only doing covering top five on this show. But yeah, Hi-Fi Rush is definitely a game that should be talked about more. It is really cool once you can get the combat down, uh, once you, you know, if you have some rhythm or not. And uh, the game just got that attitude that, of, of that era we were talking about. So if you haven't played Hi-Fi Rush, it is a really sweet game and you should play it. Yeah. Um, so that's it for Best Style, and that brings it to me. Your turn, Adam. Ooh, okay,
1: Tell here we go, Adam. Top
0: my top four. four. All all <laughs> <Liza> of P. <laughs> <laughs> so something interesting when I was looking at my list this year is my list for top five games are all sequels. Ooh. So I don't know what that says uh-huh. about this year. Uh, but my number five... Um, One of the best RPGs that I've played, Octopath Traveler 2. Hell yeah. Uh, Another strong consideration for best soundtrack this year. So much good music and games this year. But like Renee said, I played a fair amount of the first one, but it never really grabbed me. I had some problems with how the story was told, how there wasn't a lot of interaction between the characters. It just felt like you were... Doing eight different tales, but there's no reason for them all to be together, but Octopath Traveller two really fix that. um not only get you play all of their stories like in the first game, but you do have those side missions where you t- that you have some of your characters' team up. And I feel like you play that game for the first half and it's like its own set game. And then once you unlock dual dual specking, and then yeah. you can really start <clears throat> playing with your team combinations and like what sure. abilities people can use. Because when you assign a job to them, you can unlock passive skills. And while your active skills change when you change job classes, your passive skills do not. So then you can go in and really make some unique combinations when you realize, like, oh, this plays well with this. Or I just need this one skill from this one class. And, yeah, it does get very difficult at the end. uh, Especially for what seems like a pretty simple turn-based kind of mechanic for its battle. But... um, it's such a good game. I love the like the like the sprites and the two and a half D um, perspective you have in that game. I also am a big fan of turn based RPGs, not as much as the action games as like Final Fantasy is moving to. So anytime a good turn based RPG comes out, um, I want to play it. So Octopath Traveler two, great game. Also just talks about how great this top five list is for sure. for games that came out this year. Um, again, it's funny that we don't really share our list before we do this because my number four is also Resident Evil 4. <laughs> what? Um, I had never played Resident Evil 4 back on the GameCube or That's on the PS2 or on the PS3. <laughs> GameCube's for kids. Or on the Xbox yeah. or on the PS4 or any other iteration that came out of Resident Evil 4 until this one. And yeah, it's a great fucking game. You know, so like good. the first game I think we talked about on the show ten years ago was Steven talking about Resident Evil Four, and he's talked That's about true, Resident Evil yeah. Four as long as I've known him. Sorry, and uh, it, yeah, it st- it stands up right. Like it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic game. the The gunplay felt really good in turn, like almost like Dead Space, where if you shot a specific area, like the the enemy was affected by it. The headshots were really satisfactory when you want to really try to show off and 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 kills Ambos uh effectively. Story was cool. The DLC was fine, but um yeah, Resident Evil Four stands up. Uh so, who knew, right? Good game good Ooh. game stays good. I tell you that? what has even better gameplay or better gunplay. What's that? The original version. Really? going <laughs> to
3: go back and experience that.
0: Go <laughs> check it out. Uh so Resident Evil Four coming in at number four. Um See, going last, we talk about all these games already. My number three is Baldur's Gate 3. Nice. Whoa. Hell yeah. Um, You did this on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) A game I didn't get to play as much of this year as I'd hoped for, and I was asking myself if I'd played it more. Uh, Would maybe this be higher on my list? But I don't don't think so. But while um, this type of game has never been in my wheelhouse, it almost won Best Surprise for me Mm -hmm. this year because of how much I enjoyed it. But I also want, really wanted to put it at number three and in my top five list, just as a, a shout out to what Larian was able to do to like put this game together Absolutely. and put it out, and like the quality and uh, of a single-player narrative experience in this industry that's trying to move away from that into multiplayer and games of service and microtransactions. The fact that some of the best games that came out this year are all single-player experiences like so shows fun. that those games still fucking hit. Yup. And there's a big audience for that, so. Uh, we've talked at nauseam about Baldur's Gate three. I think I want to start a new character at this point do and like uh you know, try it, a different it. class. Yeah.
1: I'm running two characters at the same time right now. Whoa, so. wild.
0: <laughs> um so yeah, Baldur's Gate three coming in at number three. And man, Neil, you're gonna love this. Coming in at number two. <laughs> I have Marvel's Spider Man two. <laughs> I was about to say there's plenty of twos to pick from this year. <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, a follow up to my game of the year um, in 2017 when Marvel Spider Man came out. This one has two Spider Mans in it. So many. As is the name, but the way they were able to craft the story and interweave both Peter and Miles' narrative together yep. while giving you the option to freely switch between them when exploring the city, each character feels different enough but still feels awesome playing as both of them. Uh, That was one thing I was worried about because you play Spider-Man 1 and, you know, Spider-Man has his powers, but you play Miles Morales Spider-Man and he can turn invisible. He has electricity. But then you get Spider-Man 2 and then once you get, like, the symbiote suit and that has its own set of abilities and you feel the punches and the hits and the vibration of the controller when you're wearing that suit uh so much to say about this game obviously i'm a big marvel and spider-man fan so maybe that bias is pushing it up some they're really Um, good games they're really great games (laughs) not as much iteration from two from one which was some uh i guess some critique on this game but when you nail it in one there's not much to improve upon good game stays a good game and they still fixed a few of the frustrations i had in the first game for this game so uh great game that came out this year uh, coming in at number two. So like I said, a lot of sequels this year. My number five was Octopath Traveler 2. <laughs> number four is Resident Evil 4. Number three is Baldur's Gate 3. And number two is Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Which brings us to the main events. Our game of the year for 2023. Oh, man. But... Uh, because I'm looking at this list, I'm going to read the room. I'm going to shake it up a little bit. I'm going to go to Renee first. Yeah, hey. For your number one game of the year for 2023. Reverse.
2: It comes as no surprise to everyone that my game of the year for this year is Baldur's Gate 3. Um, uh, Being such a big fan of the original Baldur's Gate game and having this presented to me, I mean, honestly – I, this wasn't really, I don't want to say this wasn't on my radar because obviously it was, but it took like, um, talking to a friend a little bit, um, <laughs> that she was like, messaged me immediately. She's like, who you romancing in Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> and I was like, who is this? What? Like this person wouldn't normally reach out to me. So I was like, well, uh, well, I don't know. Let me go look. And I went and looked at all the characters and then we started talking. I was like, okay, well maybe I need to, uh, maybe I need <laughs> to play this. this. So Stephen and I put my computer together that we had been needing to put together, and I started my quest in Baldur's Gate 3, and I've, I've enjoyed every minute that I've spent with this game, every minute with these characters that Larian has created and that these, vo- these incredible, incredible voice actors have brought to life. Um, I can only sing its praises. I, I think it's one of the greatest games of all time at this point. Um, I just, and the story itself also, and that the developers have said also that people are still going to be finding things about this game, like years and years and years to come. Like, I don't know, five years from now, it's, someone's going to be like, did you know that this happens in the goblin encampment? And everyone's going to be like, no way. (laughs) Uh, Do you know that this happens like in the Shadowlands? Oh my God, didn't know you could do that. So yeah, um just i've i love my little team also that i've got going on who's your team I, right now um well my my main character whenever i started the game was a ranger and then i had a starian who's like my rogue like unlocking sure. everything and if he fails to do it then i'm like get out of the Oof. way you stupid bail elf okay, let <laughs> <gonna laughs> me do it um because rangers are equally as dexterous basically yep. um and then I have Shadow Heart, who I love. Yep. She is like the definition of a low charisma character, which I love. A lot of people are like, oh, she's so off-putting in the beginning. That's the point yeah. of low charisma <laughs> characters. They might, Just, like, she looks really cool, but then when she opens her mouth, she says the wrong thing Every constantly. time, every time. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I also keep Gale on my team because I love someone who uses magic. And I think if you give Gale more of a shot and you (laughs) dive into his story just a little bit more, you'll see that he was just a character that, I mean, he was a prodigy, right? Sure. This magic prodigy that was even like by the goddess of magic herself, Mistra, was like... Oh, hey, like, you've got my attention. Then they start, you know, getting it on. And they become (laughs) lovers. And he's like, I don't know how to impress her more. How can I impress her more? I'm going to, like, unearth this, like, ancient magic that has, like, nothing to do with her and bring it to her. And he fucks everything up. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's, he's spent his whole life just trying to, like... Be liked.
1: Basically. Yeah, well, I get
2: and that. Yeah, yeah. He, he
1: came on way too strong.
2: He, Yeah, <laughs> he comes on really strong because he wants you to know, like, I'm useful. Please, like, no, he I he can tried be to cool. Bang me,
1: like, the first time we uh, talked. Yeah,
2: like. I mean, I think Larian fixed all that. I think they did,
1: but it was off putting the first time. <laughs> yeah, you're like, whoa, so. Gail.
2: Like, yeah.
1: We'll try it again later, but.
2: <laughs> but yeah, again, like, oh, all these characters are so yeah. good and what an adventure. It, is Dungeons & Dragons in a game finally, perfectly.
1: I think that you just said it. I think it's, like, it really feels like an adventure. Yes. Like, even, like, they're, like, kind like, at first it seems like it's going to be a small map. Uh, And then you start (laughs) digging in and you're, like, oh, whoa, it's not just, like, a huge map that keeps, like, unfolding. It's, like, it has depth and height and, like, dimension to it as well. So, like, just because, like, you're in one area, you can, like, keep exploring above and below and it's just there's t-
5: so much to do in this game
2: mm-hmm. i i just love it uh, so know, there we go
5: oddly enough 2023 word of the year was riz <laughs>
0: <laughs> so lots of charisma talk
3: Chariz.
0: <laughs> nice Baldur's gate 3 yep that's a that's a good one support that answer yep neil whoa whoa Whoa! <laughs> Whoa!
3: See what's happening here. All right, <laughs> you're
5: texted, going you're going uh, the I pentagram route again. <laughs> How you yeah. don't have your phone? <laughs> Computer text. <laughs> so aim, yeah, um, honestly, I I would say that my number one I think comes as no surprise, but it is visual podcast.
0: He's wearing a Halo green two.
5: Halo Two <laughs> Zelda T-shirt. Uh, yes, it is a Zelda T-shirt. Um, but yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, just, I, I'm, there's not many games that on my very first playthrough I put over 200 hours in. Wow. Really? And this was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, because the game, you know, it, I, I, I know I've talked before about like, kind of like, with, like, FF-16, it's like, I, I do like this style of Zelda, but I'm kind of done with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel that way about Tears of the Kingdom, but, man, it, it was just really, like... I think it's the, also the first Zelda game to where it being a sequel to something and improving on it, like, it's almost... Might be hard for me to ever play Breath of the Wild again. I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. And just, like, how they were able to keep, like, you know the the land of Hyrule still has this like Breath of the Wild, adventurous feel, but then they added in, you know, the Sky Islands, which just have this incredible like nuance to them. And like, uh, I'm not sure how many of y'all like played through it, but then like you run into stuff like the lower gravity places and things like that, like yeah. trying to get to different places. And then how they were able to then incorporate the depths with, which depths really rule. do have <laughs> this cool, like eeriness to them where it's like you can't see much. And then when you can see a lot, you realize it's like just eerie and Mm -hmm. uh, just a chasm. And, oh man. And I I think one thing I really, really, really loved about this game was the way they kind of redid the shrines in a sense of like with the powers you have now, uh, it was like in every single shrine, I would basically, Figure out like okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Now, how, how else I can it? I do it? Mm-hmm. And so that was like my <laughs> shtick playing this whole game was I never solved anything the first way I figured out how to, mm-hmm. and um, maybe that's why I spent over 200 hours in it. <laughs> um, but man, just it, it it was just such a lovely game, mm-hmm. and um, it's a it's a game I want to get back into. I, I think one thing I have like my biggest disappointment between games like breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom is the one fucking save file. Cause it's like, uh, I don't yeah, want to lose yeah, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. I have, mm. but unfortunately um. that's just kind of the nature of how these games work. But, uh, yeah, definitely one I'll be replaying and probably replaying soon. Nice.
0: Good choice. Um, yeah, I skipped around because <laughs> seeing how this conversation's going and looking at these lists and yeah, looking at uh, I think some, it's safe to say pieces from three uh-huh, of us uh-huh. that myself, John Michael, and Steven have the same game of the Put me year in a box over here.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, it um, could
0: be anything.
4: I, Alan Wake like, Two on paper shouldn't exist <laughs> or be <laughs> good. like or be this good. It's like. I don't know if financial, and who cares, right? If financially this was a winning move? I don't from, know. But, but I'm sure as hell glad that they took the chances and the risks and put this game together. Mm-hmm. The risk paid off handsomely.
0: Yeah, I think you said it when the, on the show shortly after it came out, Stephen, but this really feels like uh, Remedy's like final exam. Like, all the games they made previously so have much come of, up to this. Yeah,
4: like, so much of, like, their history. Mm-hmm. And I said this the first time we talked about it. Like, this game really rewards people that have put a lot of time into other Remedy games.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But with, it does it without, like, without you realizing it until you start playing it. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and if you didn't play Control or if you don't know much about Max Payne or Quantum Break this still, there's still a ton here to enjoy. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Basically,
4: if you're just if you're into horror, if you're into like just weird shit, psychedelic, type. Surrealist.
1: Right. Yes, horror. Exactly. yes. Absolutely. Or just, I don't know, gritty detective yeah. novels. Yeah. Noir. Or, like if it's you're like noir. any of those things, like it's up your alley. Like, there's... or if you're
4: just into FMV and
1: video yeah. games, <laughs> Or just good
0: games in general. Like, it's 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 wild. 13 years after the original game came out and it was able to stay relevant and also like incorporate that into the story because a lot of people with all the buzz surrounding Alan Wake 2 are like, well, do I have to play the first game? It's like, well, I mean, you could probably read a synopsis. You don't really know because part of Alan Wake 2, one of the characters is discovering the mystery of like what What happened happened with Alan Wake in the first game. Like, so even if you haven't played the first one, it does a good job of like, bringing you in on it kind of and setting that up the way that not only can you switch between the two characters and their gameplay is vastly different but the way that works into the story in like such it's a cool so way good. and lets you freely do that and the story works no matter how how you do it um as we talked about before like the way the music comes in and is incorporated into the gameplay and the plot is spectacular this like, like I, I've talked about
1: this too but this like Level of. There's nothing really, truly new as far as mechanics go in this game, right? But just how you. I disagree. I was just going to say, like, I mean, like, we've seen. You, i you know, walk around, shoot things. But I've it's never like, seen
4: yeah, an investigative game give you the ability to change the scene while you're standing in it in order to solve. Fair. Maybe yeah. not like a deep puzzle. Right. But in, in, it's, in, in, in the. There's three scenarios in this game where you have. Not like a condemned level of crime scene right, right, investigation, right, right. but you're actively in real time, like switching out the environment. Sure, like you literally couldn't do that on a console before. I, I don't really think the PS4 the, yeah, or the, the like the last generation a, Xbox not could a even seamlessly as right. it happens that. in this game. Something
1: yeah. like that. Yes, I've never seen before. And, they and cocooned it. They did. <laughs> <laughs> they cocooned
4: it. We should talk more about cocoon. Yeah, Those uh, we're, bastards. We're not gonna. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I just meant that, like you know, we've seen, like obviously, you know, like. Uh, uh, a silent hill type or something uh, along that like this feels like silent hill in also i've said it before like weirdly a point and click adventure game somehow to me yeah um because you're gathering these clues and putting up on a board and also like it's a shooter and it's uh, scary and it's also fun and funny and Mm -hmm. interesting and it's everything that it should be i don't know that's
4: I just, I also love how, like, Remedy is obsessed with just overlaying full motion video <laughs> of people talking
1: onto the so TV.
0: In the skybox, on the wall. It's great, though. The- and I, I think
1: that's what kind of sold me on it. Like, I know S- uh, Steven obviously has been a big FMV fan for a very long time. Um, but, like, for me, I was like, this is how. Modern games should look like we need to bring back more FMV and put this in video yeah. games. Now, going to do
0: it the way like, Remedy does it. Yes,
1: yes, I want this more. I want more games to incorporate this. Like,
0: but not only like the FMV obviously looks great, but like the game itself, yes, looks yeah, it's great, gorgeous. Like anytime the, the sun um, setting over the lake, like the or like character the character, the,
4: the 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 speaking animation, the character model animation of mm-hmm. specifically the the waitress who's also an employee at mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. retirement home, like the. I, that is some of the best character animation I've ever seen. Uh, her in mm-hmm. a face video is game. so expressive. Yeah, yeah. the way so her expressive. mouth moves and her, and her
2: eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. Very good.
4: Time for
0: LA Noir two. Yeah. Get <laughs> out.
4: I love that Remedy does not own the rights to so many of their characters. They do not own the rights to the name Max Payne. Max Payne is fucking yes. in this game, <laughs> yes. the entire game. It's just a different name. It's, it is the same face. Pax Meme. It's, it's, it's Alex Casey. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah. this, it's the same voice actor of Max Payne who passed away a few weeks ago, unfortunately. It's yeah. the same mm-hmm. character model. It's just his name is not Max Payne. <laughs> it is Max Payne, goddammit. Yeah. It's just they That's can't say it is.
2: Also, the mayor is.
4: Wait the mayor. The mayor,
2: right? Uh, is yeah, it the, mayor? the mayor. Yeah, the mayor. Is the a mayor dog. is a mayor dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's
4: one of the best jokes running through the game because there's all these like political campaigns about the mayor. <laughs> like, yeah, and both. it's like the I don't remember what any of them said, but they were all like dog-related.
1: Like sit up and beg for your vote or something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> is it
4: is it the dog
5: from the first one that the caller calls into like the the talk show. I'm not sure. Well, I doubt
4: it because it's 13 Whoa. years later. Oh, well, true. Um, that yeah. dog's, dog's dead. dead. Puppy. Yeah. Puppy of uh, that dog. So this but game is to... like 13 years later? Yeah. 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 And then like, you get like, to the plot point. You meet the mayor mm-hmm. and it's a dog.
1: Hey, was anyone else yeah. like unnerved by those radio call ins? Like, that's what really <laughs> honestly got me unsettled more than anything else so it was like
4: the radio call in show was mm-hmm. like,
1: this is. I had the dark.
4: I don't <laughs> know. How it is. The one thing I missed that the first game did, that this game did not do was the the insane, like machinations of uh, the taken. When they're just like running after uh, you, oh, sure. saying weird shit like trans fats are healthy if they're in moderation, <laughs> yeah. but they say it in like this <laughs> fucked up voice, yeah, and they're just giving you tips on how to like camp <laughs> safely, <laughs> but this, in this crazy voice, and that did just didn't happen in the second game, unfortunately. No. I haven't uh, played the second
5: one, but just knowing about like the upcoming DLC being featured around the lake house and playing enough of the first one to know about the lake house and then playing enough of control to know about the old house right i like mm-hmm. one thing that gets me excited about getting into this game is kind of like the narrative they seem to be building around something kind of like how bioshock infinite did mm-hmm. to sure, kind of like yeah. sure, pull yeah. in all these games together so
2: much know? lore it's I lore heavy the, lore yeah
1: yeah it's great i love the lore i yeah. know yeah. if
5: you love lore <laughs> let me introduce you Another thing that really Moon. hit.
0: <laughs> Another thing that really hit me, you know, Renee, earlier, you're talking about connecting with these characters in Harvest Moon, like at the end, and like connecting with Saga's character as she's dealing with like the anxieties and insecurities, yeah. like the Dark Place is putting on her like, and her yeah, overcoming am I that. Good enough? Yeah, like... like overcoming that, like hit home, like real close to home. Uh-huh. And I was just like, fuck, oh, man, this game is just like so good it just also, it all hits
1: saga anderson is a fantastic fucking character yeah.
0: by the way like
1: good mm-hmm. ad like mm-hmm. alan
4: wake is a great character but i really really enjoyed playing as saga and mm-hmm. her, her story art i think the game does such a great job balancing the different styles of gameplay too and, yes. and you can take that order in either way you can go just want to play alan wake for 12 hours and then i guess i'll just play saga anderson for 12 hours mm-hmm. but i it for me it felt so natural to just like go from one chapter and just uh, go to the other character. That's what I would, just go yeah. back to the other, and just keep going back, like oh, left I'm and saying, right, yeah. left and right.
0: Yeah, because it, uh, it, it, it's like it was almost two different games, but like together, it was like a main game. Like because Alan Wake was not a long game; like sure. it was pretty simple, and like that almost feels like Saga's chapter is like Alan Wake two, like that follow up. Yeah, but then yeah, you yeah, actually yeah. get like Alan Wake one and a half, like what's been going on this whole time, like as part of it too, yeah. and, then it and they all come together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, yeah, they, they, they. Biggest surprise, almost like again. This was up for best style for me, like possibly That's what I'm saying, because man. it looks so good. And again, and it's my biggest surprise. And yeah, it, Alan Wake two really, really, fucking just.
5: Hit it home. It's, it's always great when your biggest surprise ends up being your favorite game of the year. That
1: is true. Like again, I really was not like looking forward to this. In fact, I was, you know, poo-pooing <laughs> on it for a while there. I did not have <laughs> high hopes, and it it proved me wrong,
4: and I'm mm-hmm. glad that it did. Because this is I- also a fifty dollar video game. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the year 2023 yeah. and a $70 like $70 like, video game. It's like either. PS2 prices. <laughs> yeah. Wait, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's not $70. It's, no, it's $50. 50. Hell yeah. <laughs> if you buy it it's $50. <laughs> right? If you get it on the Epic Game store right now it's 39. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, it launched it at 50 bucks.
0: It's this game's worth $200 easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's only 50 bucks. Yeah. I'm excited for any of the DLC that's going to come out and it makes me want to go back and restart control and like get through yeah. that because now I definitely want to see more about these altered world events. We've
4: already uh, talked so much about the ashtray maze and control over the years, but I, I want to like reiterate how that's a part of the, that game where you spend 20, 30 hours basically <laughs> like trying to kick down a metal wall mm-hmm.
6: and you can't do it
4: because your foot can't, you can't kick down a metal wall. And then, like, at a certain point in that game, it allows you access to that area. Mm. And you want to talk about one of the greatest moments in video games. <laughs> Just spending so much time trying to figure out how to get into that and then realizing that you have the ability to get there. And then the music, it's the same goddamn thing. It's, <laughs> it's the old Cods of asthma. <laughs> As you're going through this sequence, we see this, this, uh, this trend they've got going on. I, mm. I can only hope in the future that they keep doing this because it's, it's so much fun. I love it.
0: Yes. If you haven't even if you haven't played any of the other ones, check out Alan Wake 2. It's so weird yeah. and so good. Yeah. Just give it a shot. So much to discuss that we can't discuss here. Exactly. We don't have time. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Uh, so that's it for our games of the year. Renee is Baldur's Gate three. Niels is uh, Legend of Zelda. Fucking <laughs> some, some fucking other game. Uh, <laughs> Cocoon, I don't know. What
1: some bullshit.
3: <laughs>
0: and Stevens, John Michaels, and myself. Alan Wake Uh, (laughs) 2. We're going to take a quick break so we can tally up the scores and see what our overall show game of the year is, as well as our final category before we wrap up our 2023 game of the year show. As we take a break, we're going to take a chance to hear from you, the listener. So, again, we appreciate everyone who wrote in. Uh, We have a couple of audio submissions as well as uh, Renee reading the emails. Uh, we will uh, be right back. I'm going to throw it to old-school GameWare alum Scott Bezdek and his list to start things off. So take it away, Scott.
7: Hello, GameWare Express crew. It's your old friend, Scott Besdek, GameWare employee 0002. Just checking in to reflect back on what was a great 2023 as far as games being released, not so much industry wise, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to celebrate what was great. And I thought I would share with you guys and gal, Miss Queen, eh? uh, my favorite 10 games of the year. So let's begin. My number 10 of 2023 is Crow Team's Talos Principle 2. This is a first person or third person puzzler, uh, not too dissimilar from games like Portal or The Witness. What sets this series apart is the big picture questions they ask. It deals with philosophy and things like human morality, what is consciousness, what makes a human a human, things like that. It really draws you into the world. This game only released in early December, so I'm not done with it yet. But I have a feeling that it'll be higher on my list upon completion. But having played probably half of it, it easily slots into my number 10 spot. So that's number 10, Talos Principle 2. My number nine game of the year is Joussant by Don't Nod. This is a game set in the future where you just climb and that's all you do. There's no enemies, there's just climbing and obstacles to climbing. Uh, your right hand is your right trigger, your left hand is your left trigger, and you just climb. Uh, there is a slight story to uh, discover as you read notes, as you ascend this one mountain with this one little creature in your backpack that you discovered along the way. And there's not a lot to it. It's just a beautiful, serene little world they created. Uh, there is a story again about humanity's failures, but that's just a, a common thing these days. But I just, it was great. It was my perfect wind down game after playing intense games like Alan Wake 2 and things like that. So my number nine game of the year is Juissant. My number eight game of the year is Blasphemous 2, made by The Game Kitchen which is a Spanish team. This is a Dark Souls heavily inspired by very dark Catholicism, like Inquisition-style self-punishment. Very graphic for a pixel art 2D Metroidvania. The first one was a much harder game and much more inspired by Dark Souls. This one is a little more user-friendly, much more forgiving. There's not as many instant deaths. It's very clever. Uh, One of the better Metroidvanias I've played in a while. The art style is dark and wonderful i will say that the difficulty was pretty even until the end the boss fights actually the last two boss fights were incredibly and ridiculously hard um i even had to go online to get some help with that but still wonderful game highly suggested blasphemous 2 my number eight game of the year number seven is ace teams clash artifacts of chaos if you are familiar with ace team in any other games such as Clash scene clash 2 or the eternal cylinder you're probably aware that their games are very hard to explain the big draw of an ace team game is it's just bizarre alien art style Uh, often they look like kind of watercolors in motion so this is a third person open world more like small hubs connected souls like meets metroidvania Not too dissimilar from God of War, if God of War was designed by people on mushrooms. But basically, instead of shooting weapons or things like that, you're you're picking between different kinds of stances, like a boxing stance or a kung fu stance or a slashing stance, and going through this bizarre world, piecing together a really weird story. It's a really bizarre game, and it really stands out in a crowd of normalcy. That's my number seven game of the year, Clash Artifacts of Chaos. My number six is Demfrost Studios' Bramble the Mountain King. This is an inside-like puzzler. These Swedish developers took basically all the fairy tales from that part of the world and turned them into a horror story, where you're basically looking for your sister who disappeared out her window one night. Um, it's, it's pretty disturbing, but it's, it's wonderful. The puzzles are great. Um, it's a little clunky, but I like clunky. I'd rather clunky and swing for the fences rather than perfectly polished and trying nothing new. So my number six is Bramble the Mountain King. Number five is Tango Gameworks surprise launch, Hi-Fi Rush. This came out at the beginning of the year and managed to stay in my top five the whole year. Uh, what a pleasant surprise. Harmonics beats Devil May Cry meets, you know, Jet Set Radio style graphics. Rhythm-based up Who knew? And the writing. This could have been obnoxious and abrasive, kind of like Sunset Overdrive was, but no. Uh, these characters are well-written, they're funny, and the more I played, the more I like them. Number five game of the year is Hi-Fi Rush. Number four is Tears of the Kingdom. This one is hard for me because Breath of the Wild is one of my favorite games of all time, just for how it completely changed how i thought about a zelda game and i was very skeptical when i heard this one was going to take place in mostly the same world uh, but what they did mechanic wise uh, with the building and what they did with the underworld and the sky definitely made up for it i don't know if it'll ever top i mean i think it's a better game than breath of the wild but it will never top the magical feeling i had playing breath of the wild for the first time still my number four game of the year is tears of the kingdom Number three is Geometric Interactive's Cocoon. I know you guys had a lengthy discussion about this game on the podcast. Uh, Y'all had mixed feelings about it. I think y'all liked it to some extent. Uh, I love this game. I'm a sucker for Play Dead style puzzle games, and this has lineage from that group. This was a vibes game for me. There is no story per se. It's just an alien world uh, full of bio creatures and bugs. The puzzles were tight, tight, tight. Uh, Never too hard, never too easy. You kind of just figured them out as you looked at them very quickly. I never got stuck, never had to look anything up. was done in three, four hours. And it just was a great experience. Perfect for me for where I am in my life. And my number three is Cocoon. My number two is Brainwash Gang's Leica Age Through Blood. This Metroidvania meets Excite Bite game that came out in December. This was the other game that came out when Talos Principle 2 came out. This is the reason why I didn't get to Talos Principle 2 first, because I started this one is fantastic and definitely a hidden gem in my opinion it's really too hard to go into but it's got a lot of mature themes about uh, motherhood and fascism things like that you know basic run-of-the-mill video game stuff i highly suggest it just that the action combat alone is superb but the story is actually deep and pretty mature uh, and well written music is amazing as well uh, my number two is *Leica Age through blood and my number one game of the year No surprise to anyone who knows me at all is Alan Wake 2. Nothing needs to be said about this game. You guys have talked about it. Everyone's talked about it. It did great on the Game Awards. Not that that's a thing to judge yourself by. I just want to say that I've been in love with Remedy. I mean, I I liked Max Payne, but it wasn't until Alan Wake 1 came in. And I even loved Quantum Break. No one likes Quantum Break. Uh, I loved it. It had its flaws. But my point is, I don't feel like Remedy has gotten that much better as a developer. I feel like the rest of the world has kind of caught up to Remedy. I think they've always had something special where they're clunky and have flaws. Again, I'd rather swing for the fences than be polished and safe. So number one is Alan Wake 2 with a bullet. That's my top 10, y'all. Y'all have a great 2024, and I can't wait to catch up with you guys later. And don't forget, if life isn't fair, you can go play games in there. Go. Go game where it go.
6: Hello GameWare Express, it's Vaughn. Congrats on making it through another year. 2023 has been stacked with great games. Although I haven't gotten to all the really big releases, I was still able to play enough new releases this year to form my top five games of the year. So I hope y'all are ready for this because starting out hot, number five is gonna be Super Mario Brothers Wonder. I've said it before and I'll say it again, This game felt like the second coming of Super Mario World. Having a colorful cast of characters combined with the simple badge system makes for a very comfortable and customizable platforming experience for everybody. It's easy to tell that a lot of effort went to the presentation just off of the Wonder Effects alone, bringing in new elements for each individual stage. And there's nothing more satisfying than solving puzzles and finding secret exits in order to make it to the ultimate final level. All right, and number four coming up is gonna be Super Mario RPG on the Switch. The reveal of this game earlier on in the year was quite a surprise to many gamers, uh, specifically of my age group. And let me just say that the attention to detail that the devs had when creating it was very top notch. (laughs) It's easily one of the most faithful remakes I've ever played, but there's also enough new that I felt like I was playing basically a New Game Plus file 25 years later from when I played the original game, which is saying a lot. All right, coming up at number three is going to be Marvel's Spider-Man 2. So, this game was so action-packed that I never wanted to put it down. After every major story beat, I felt like I had to go do side missions for at least an hour just to, like, calm down from all the craziness that just happened. I genuinely had a lot of fun playing as both of the spider man and moving through New York in all three acts of the game. I don't really know what's next for this series, but whatever it is, I'm 100% on board with it because from playing, like, the first two games and then this one, like i want more i I just want to play more (laughs) it's just fantastic (laughs) okay number two is going to be honkai star rail so initially i didn't even think i was going to play this game but when i learned it was going to be a uh, turn-based rpg while watching some of my friends play it themselves i decided to give it a shot myself i was feeling pretty burnt out on the other gadgets i've been playing at the time so i figured Maybe this one would shank th- shake things up. And man, I was, uh, man was I right. <laughs> it's a very basic combat system, but with an interesting story filled with mysterious worlds, cool characters, quality of life features that many other gotchas lack, numerous game modes with meaning- actual meaningful grind, and lots of love from the developers. This game quickly rose to the top of many people's lists. For mobile game of the year, and honestly, it's gonna be my personal pick for potentially the greatest Gacha currently in the modern era. So, of uh, the when is the uh, GameWare Express gonna meet up with the Astral Express, huh? That that would be a nice collaboration, huh? <laughs> okay, so uh, and now my number one game of the year is going to be. Octopath Traveler 2 now I was already a huge fan of the first game so naturally I was super ready to dive into this one when they when they first announced it <laughs> this game added so much quality of life that even the demo let you carry all of your progress into the main game with all items accessories like etc <laughs> the presentation improved from the first game like this even like all the sprites of the characters were like up <laughs> The storytelling is just as incredible as it was before, the music has a lot of memorable numbers in it, and the gameplay saw a lot of changes that made to the character classes that kept a lot of players on their toes as they needed to keep their strategies flexible for an onslaught of tricky boss fights. There's not a single main character that I personally disliked, and seeing all the numerous chances to interact with each other, it made me very very happy. If there is to be a third game in this series, I'm definitely looking forward to it, because you can consider this a brand new go-to RPG series for me. It's right up there with the Final Fantasy series. (laughs) And uh, that's it. Uh, Just to give you another quick countdown, uh, it's going to be number 5, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Number 4, Super Mario RPG on the Switch. Number 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2 number two, Honkai Star Rail, and number one game of the year, Octopath Traveler 2. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you all have a nice 2024. Take it easy, y'all.
2: Hey there, GameWare Express friends. It's your best girl, Renee, here to read Game of the Year emails and submissions. But I did want to take a quick second before I jump into that to thank everyone for those submissions. We always love interactions from people, whether it's questions for us to read during the podcast or comments. We are always so happy when people write in. It's always a joy. Again, that email address is gamewareexpress at gmail.com. Drop us some hot takes if the mood hits you, and it should. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's start off with these emails. Um, first up, I have one from friend of Gameware, longtime friend of Gameware. It's Shank. Shank writes, My game of the year in 2023 personally is Resident Evil 4 Remake since I enjoyed it the most. Dead Space Remake is a close second for similar reasons. One I was waiting for PS5 to get in play was God of War Ragnarok, which is one of my favorites of all time, but it came out in 2022, I believe. I think that while it wasn't my personal choice, Baldur's Gate 3 deserves every single award it was given and deserves the title of game of the year. Thank you, Shank. Yeah, you know, I actually really feel that because there are a lot of games that came out this year that I didn't necessarily get to play, but I think they deserve gold medals. So thank you, Shank, really appreciate that submission. The next email I have here is from Alexa, and you might remember Alexa as a guest on the podcast a few months back. Here's what she has to say. Hey, GameWare Express. I don't quite have a top five games of the year, but I do have a top three. Number three is Stray Gods. 1B is Final Fantasy 16, and number one is Baldur's Gate 3. My co-games of the year were Baldur's Gate 3 and Final Fantasy 16. Keep up the great podcast. Thank you, Alexa. You know, we aim to keep our momentum going into 2024. Thank you for the love. Let's see, our next email comes from JB. She writes, hello, Gamer Express experts. I'm here to drop my top list for 2023. While not all of these were released this year, these were new and exciting games for me. In no particular order, Rocket League, for the ease of unwinding after work. It's calming to be a car playing soccer at the end of the day, who knew? What remains of Edith Finch? I may have almost cried during the story about the baby in the tub. Melatonin, a very cozy lo-fi aesthetic rhythm game with great accessibility options for those that struggle with rhythm games overall. Fortnite, it's not about the guns, it's about friendship and being a banana hitting the gritty at the end of the game. and Alan Wake 2. I enjoyed being able to watch Adam play through this and help with the puzzles or missing pieces I spotted along the way. The complexity and jump scares kept my heart racing and waiting for more each time. Ah, what a great list. I'm suddenly interested in melatonin. Um, let's see, the next email I have is from Zambi. I had posted about submitting an email for Game of the Year picks on my socials and I said that people could request me reading it in a goblin voice. (laughs) And I kind of shot myself in the foot with this one, I guess. So she requested for me to read her email in a goblin voice, she said. I wanna hear Renee's gremlin voice, thanks. My top two game of the year were, number one, Pikmin 4. A huge, chunky, meaty game with what felt like endless content. Incredibly fun and addictive, with improvements from previous games and lots of fan service. For long time Pikmin fans, we were starving, and this game kept me very well fed. The best addition though, a cute ham papa. Number two, Tears of the Kingdom. The amount of excitement leading up to the release made me almost explode into tiny colorful confetti. Finally playing and exploring all my favorite places from Breath of the Wild was so exciting and made the map feel brand new. There were so many amazing surprises and hours of fun with fused weapons. Um if you didn't catch that the number 2 was The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and the number 1 for Zambi was Pikmin 4. <laughs> Thank you for your submission Zambi and thanks for the opportunity to use a silly gremlin goblin voice. <laughs> Lastly, we have a submission from Nick O. He writes, "My 2023 games: Number 1 Dead Space Remake, Number 2 Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, number three, Cassette Beasts, number four, Lethal Company, and number five, The Finals. Honorable mentions go to Honkai Star Rail for mobile, and Ghost Runner 2, didn't get to play it yet. Thank you, Nick. Here's hoping that you can break into Ghost Runner 2 and enjoy that here at the beginning of the year, because oh my goodness, it seems like the hits are not going to quit this next year. Whew, what fun lists all around, and what a great year to be an enjoyer of video games. Now I'm going to throw things back to the rest of my GameWare Express crew. Back to you, Adam.
0: And we're back. Thanks to everyone who wrote in, and thanks to Renee for reading those user lists. We really appreciate your support and being a part of the show. I've done some mystery math, and I have the top our top three games collectively as a show for Ooh.
3: 2023. Oh, here we go. Here we go. At
0: number three, we have Resident Evil 4. Nice.
2: Nice.
0: At number two we have Baldur's Gate three. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And the Game War Express twenty twenty three game of the year is Alan Wake Two. <laughs> Wake. Alan Wake Wake. Congratulations to Remedy <laughs> on another Game of the Year award for 2023. We'll mail them their trophy. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get out of here this evening, let's look forward to 2024 with our final category of the show tonight. Yeah. Most anticipated 2024. What game are you most look look uh, what game are you most <laughs> looking for? This year, John Michael Carley. Yeah, I know
1: that there are other games that are coming out this year, probably, but the only one that matters is the one that comes out in a few weeks for me, uh, and that is Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. (laughs) Um, Again, we've talked ad nauseum about the Yakuza series, which is this. Um, (laughs) So this is the next main line in the... the Yakuza 8. Yes, Yakuza 8, I will. Uh, This is Yakuza 8. Um, back to turn-based, but now we get to feature Kazuma Kiryu as a character on
0: your team. Two, two playable protagonists. Yeah, so hot. basically right now. <laughs> like
1: Spider-Man 2 all over again. I am so looking forward to this game after playing the demo. Uh, There's just so much that's fun and good about this series and definitely this game. Um, I can't wait to play this Pokemon Animal Crossing uh, <laughs> like side game that is part of this. Uh, I anticipate spending well over a hundred something hours on this,
0: so well, I'm... good thing because I said you would
5: I will I'll <laughs> prove them right.
1: Put it on the box yep ready for it
0: that yeah it's a it's a it's a really crowded q1 especially when it comes to Japanese games absolutely this year yep. uh and speaking of Japanese games Neil
5: well how'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know Japanese RPG coming out q1. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I oh mean, my God. obviously, um, another game where they say you'll spend 100 hours I plus might. in it. Oh, I will. <laughs> I did in Remake, I so I'm you. sure I will in this one. Um, yeah, I'm just excited for this game. I, I was keeping up so much with it, and then like so much was coming out that about a month, month and a half ago, I just stopped, because um, I feel like it was just getting too much. But it's surprising. Well,
0: that's what I'm doing.
3: Yeah.
0: And, um, yeah, I... Can't wait for that. No, oh, I know. B- easy Zelda, Final Fantasy. It's yeah. If they're coming out, you can pretty much bank on it. <laughs> That's all right. Mine's predictable too. Just wait, Steven.
4: This year, twenty twenty four is here already, you and um, this is so difficult for me to pick one game out of the most anticipated games games list because I'm I love Yakuza, I love Persona, I love Final Fantasy. I love Souls games, mm-hmm. and I feel like oftentimes an out of nowhere Souls games lands like in my top two or three. <laughs> so Black Myth: Wukong, uh, <clears throat> which comes out in August, uh, which is going to be like a Souls like Journey to the West story. Yep. The trailer that we saw uh, Game Awards yeah. it looks phenomenal. This yeah. game
5: looks weird and fucked up. The this vibes is, uh, are immaculate. Isn't this like another one coming from a Korean
4: developer? Uh, you know, if, if that's true, give it give it to me.
3: Um,
5: like, I, I just mean I by like, it seems like know. recently I've seen like a lot of these like single player action games coming from Korean developers that all look phenomenal.
1: Yeah, no, this looks great. This was probably my runner up. Again, it's a
5: crowded year, but.
1: It yeah.
0: is Chinese. Chinese. From Game Science Interactive Technology.
1: Yeah, I was blown away by this. They really thought about reveal. that name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Renee,
2: yeah, another one that's no surprise, well, although there are a lot of really cool things coming out in the beginning of this year, um, but unicorn overlord is yep. uh yeah, I anticipate that to be like my game of the year next year because vanillaware uh never misses never misses me at least <laughs> um I've already like i've been i don't know just devouring every little bit of news, every little scrap of information about this game to um. And, yeah, it's looking like it's going to be really good. Uh, the artwork is beautiful. Gorgeous, it, yeah. I, it's already, they've already shown, like, um, artwork of, like, all the different food that will feature in this game, which Vanillaware is so good at drawing food. <laughs> Anime In food. fact, How I'm actually you... wearing a T-shirt um, that is from 13 Sentinels with one of the characters holding his yakisoba pun, mm-hmm. and it says Ooh. delicious at the top. <laughs> yakisoba pun. <laughs> so, yeah, Vanillaware. <sighs> Thank you, VanillaWare, for existing. And uh, yeah, looking forward to Unicorn Overlord.
0: Love it. I was really looking at all the games to, to, you know, what was I going to award most anticipated 2024 this year? And then I kept coming back to one game. Just not a surprise. Nope. It's a game I've already played twice, kind of. <laughs> but Persona 3 Reload comes out next month, and I'm super excited to jump back into that 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 world and that universe. Uh, Persona 3... I mean, five is very good, but I love the story for Persona Three. Yeah. It was my first, yes, my first entry into the Persona franchise, and I'm excited to see them updated and you know sure. push the Persona Five engine. And I'm looking forward to awarding it Best Style for 2024. Honestly, <laughs> <And, laughs> uh, really, like I said, it let me summon my inner demons by shooting myself in the head to cast magic cast magic. Hey, on look, these... this has a chance <laughs> to be
1: up there with Persona Five. I, it really is. Uh, so if they can just Recreate a lot of what they did, like quality of life changes, things like that. I mean, it's going to be a banger. Let's say within, Absolutely. Within a
0: four-week span, within the next month, we get Ooh. Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, Persona 3 Reload, and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth all coming out. I'm also quitting my job. So all of these are 100-hour-plus experiences. Yep. And, um, you know... I look forward to getting to Final Fantasy VII Rebirth in August. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to buy them all when they come out. Oh, absolutely! We'll see how that absolutely works. Um, so that's it. That 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 celebrate ends our celebration of games in 2023. A lot of good games this year. It was so a, it was a very strong year for games. Uh,
1: it's tough pairing it down to five we talked about at the top of the show mm-hmm. just cutting down to five is very difficult <laughs> not uh, if you only played five
0: <laughs> uh congratulations to alan wake 2 baldur's gate 3 resident evil 4 for being our top three games collectively as well as all the other games we mentioned uh throughout the show um on all of our various categories so 22 either 2023 is a great year for games but now it's time to close that book and look forward to 2024 Uh, exciting things coming from us 2024 stay tuned we'll be back with our regularly scheduled show on tuesday um thank you everyone who wrote in um and submitted your games we of course appreciate your continued support and as always renee steven neil john michael thank you for joining me this evening i love chatting games especially celebrating some of the best games that we like to play and that's it let's get out of here everyone be good to each other out there and we will see you next week